You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, we have a loaded show today. David Backus will join in about 30 minutes or so. Our guy, Nick Peters, golf guy at Boulder Point, to preview Tiger Woods winning the PGA Championship this week. I knew it. Dan Hayes on Twins, the Crafty Rogues, Matthew Collar from Training Camp. Tiger Love Fest. I knew that was going to happen with Peters. You know what? Let's just go wall-to-wall, Tiger. Let's blow all these other guests out. What shirt will he wear on Thursday? Yeah, it could be maybe, maybe something a little bit... Maybe something a little bit uh, patterned. Okay. You know, he doesn't really go no with the swass. checkers. No swass this time, okay? <laughs> it's super hot and rainy. Ding, ding. No interest and totally false. Tweet that. Oh my. <laughs> All right. This is amazing. <laughs> I so, didn't know about the pause there. I've been following uh, Richie Incognito's Twitter account here just over the last 24 hours. He, he's deleted the controversial tweets, but... It's not that easy in 2018. People right. take screenshots. So let's let's back this up. I think most people are aware of the the back and forth between Richie Incognito and Mike Zimmer. But um, it started with Incognito basically throwing out that ah, a couple teams have contacted me and uh, the Vikings are one of those teams. And yeah, he went on like TMZ last week and said yeah. that he had been that he had had contact from the Seahawks and Vikings. Right. And so Mike Zimmer was asked about it. Hey, Mike. Offensive line, got a bunch of injuries, you didn't really draft anybody, you're lacking some depth. Uh, what's up with you guys reaching out to Richie Incognito? No interest and totally false. Tweet that. To which Incognito goes to Twitter and tweets, and he tweets, Mike Zimmer is, and then all caps, a bleeping with the sixth letter of the alphabet, mm-hmm. liar, and then he posts a bunch of photos, which at first you're like, oh, this is, this is going to be incriminating photos of the Vikings texting Richie Incognito. And it was him and Tony Sperano, the late Tony Sperano, sometime in the spring, texting back and forth. And he's deleted these now, but it's basically Sperano patting him on the head. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like you encouraging know. him to keep yeah. training. <laughs> right. But it never says, we want to sign you. Eat your broccoli. Yeah. You you're sort of nuts, but if you you want to play again, you should probably stay in decent shape. The whole thing was absolutely yeah. bizarre. So he deleted all of it, mm-hmm. and then he tweeted. He he went back to positive and uh, and funny Richie Incognito. So he tweets, "I'd like to apologize to Coach Zimmer. My bad, dude. Tony was a father figure to me. Still dealing with the loss, which totally understandable." I'm definitely going to get yelled at for this one, for his Twitter rant. I haven't even called my dad yet. He said 37 friends and family members called him and were like, no, dude, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm waving my flag in defeat. Twitter one, Richie, nothing. I'll be the first to admit it. I've been a bit off the reservation lately. Lately? Lately. Lately? I've been a little stressed. There isn't an off switch for savage mode to regular life. Laughing emoji. This would be dude, funny if it weren't so sad. Like this is a guy. This is the uh, between between him just sounding like he's crazy and and what football has done to his brain. This this used to be comical. Now it's not. It's pathetic and sad. It's really sad. 
This was a guy who in May was in a mental health clinic for three days after an incident at a Florida gym in which he reportedly threw weights, a tennis ball, and other items at customers, screamed obscenities. He threw... Weights Weight and a tennis ball. A tennis so, ball. So he started this is with in the, the Associated Press report. Did he start with the tennis balls, and those weren't doing enough damage, or what? So he I went hate to, to make fun of a guy yeah. who clearly has some issues. So but. he went from it says he threw weights, a tennis ball, and other items at customers, screamed obscenities, and then wait for it. Also claimed the government was monitoring him. Oh, that's right. I think it's safe that's to say a, I forgot I, about that. Story. I think it's safe to say no matter how much guard he, help you might need, your team might need, you're probably going to stay away from Richie Incognito. Okay, what would it take for you to call Richie Incognito at this point? Uh, you would have to turn back the clock to 1986, and I would call him in a second. Cause in oh, that, so you'd put a psycho on your team in 1986? That, oh, yeah, oh, football players yeah. around that time, we accepted it all the time. Now, you, there's nothing that you could do to get me to call this guy. Yeah. Uh, on that note, ding, ding. you and I will we'll, we'll play this clip, this heavily edited and censored clip of Jarvis Landry. You and I both had the same thought. You wrote about this for 1500ESPN.com. With another new season of Hard Knocks out, the Cleveland Browns, which it's interesting just to see, okay, what does it look like behind the scenes of the worst franchise in the NFL trying to just not be a laughing stock in 2018? And So Jarvis Landry, who's played for not a powerhouse, but the Miami Dolphins the last four years, he's now with the Browns, and he's getting a look firsthand behind the scenes at this carnage. So two things. Number one, you and I both agree it would be so much fun for the Vikings to be a hard knocks team mm-hmm. at any point during the Mike Zimmer era, even if it was the early portions with Adrian Peterson stuff behind the scenes, um, or right now with like Richie Incognito and the back and forth, and or even even the year where Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Although that was closer to the start of the season, and hard knocks might have been over by They'd then. But there's then, yeah. so many things that would be interesting for the Vikings and hard knocks. Yes, this is wide receiver Jarvis Landry, one of the highest paid players in the NFL. Essentially taking a look around the organization and around the wide receivers room. This is in a, a wide receiver position meeting. Wondering what the hell is going on around here. I don't know what the f*** going on here. And I don't know why it's been going on here. But this, if you're not hurt, like if your hamstring ain't falling off the f- bone, your leg ain't broke, I don't know, like you should be practicing like straight up like that shit is weakness and that shit is contagious as fuck. and that shit ain't gonna be in this room bro that shit been here in the past and that's why the past has been like it is bro that shit is over with here bro if you can practice practice you can't get no better ain't nobody gonna get better by being on the sideline if you ain't hurt if you're not hurt you gotta practice because you make other work even harder. Now they had more risk of getting hurt because you don't want practice because you've been a. Yeah, I counted them last night. I went back and, in collar-like fashion, reviewed the tape. <laughs> Forget the s bombs. I counted twenty-five f bombs within that speech. Which how, was how long? Do you think three minutes? That portion was sixty seconds. The whole the, the thing, whole thing the, the clip was like maybe a, a, two minutes. Okay. I think it was a little under two minutes. If okay, twenty five f bombs. That's a heck of a run. Impressive Great use ratio. of the of the mf bomb as yes. well. Yes, not on, not only as a direct insult, he used it as a place at the end of it. I don't think we had the the end of the of the clip there, but he used mf as like a physical place or mm-hmm. a space. Mm-hmm. In this MF 
Yeah, his versatility was was on display for all to see on HBO. I don't know what what was more uh, what was more heartening or or disheartening to watch him and the passion because he's got passion. It's cool to watch. He's got a lot of passion. I for loved it. it. Or or the guys in the room who are sitting there and he is he is borderline. I mean, he's not screaming, but he's clearly upset. Right, he's standing up and motioning yeah. and and yeah. the guys in the receivers room are sitting there. And honest to God, I don't think anybody moves. And there's like as, as you said before the show, a guy with his hood up. It's like okay, if somebody starts in on on you like that, don't you ordinarily like straighten up or at least look look like you might be mildly yeah. taking offense? Do you- no one did anything. Here's another thing too. So this is the genius of HBO production. They put cameras in the in the meeting rooms, but they're just mounted cameras up in the corner. Yeah. I don't think he does that if there's a guy with a camera standing in the room. No, I agree. But he forgot or cuz I I think if he's if he's aware that oh this is all being captured for the world to see, I don't know if he goes on that rant or maybe he tones it down or something. But the fact that that was a that was a raw glimpse into a room where you have a guy, and it, it, like I said, it's not like he's coming from the Patriots organization to the Browns. He's coming from the Dolphins. From the Dolphins. Yeah. And even he's looking around saying, what the hell is wrong with all of you? Yes. How did you go 20 months between NFL victories? How is this possible? Like the 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 messaging was or at least the underlying messaging was was very very fascinating to me. Listen you guys, I don't know that much about winning because I come from the Dolphins, but I know that you guys are absolutely lazy and, and like what aren't they practice. doing? Are, are they are they just not practicing? Are, are they yeah, basically the saying I'm I'm sore, I can't practice? And, and then when they also showed it, I think it was after that they showed a huge Jack meeting with his assistant coaches and the trainers brief them on okay. This guy can't practice tomorrow. This guy's going to come back and practice for two days, and then he can't practice on the third day. And they go through this entire list of players, and it's it's a fairly long list. And the assistant coaches who are new start in with, "What are we doing here? Yeah. Like you got to practice." And in fact, the running backs coach said to Hugh Jackson, "Can my guys at least dress? I won't have them do drills, but can they at least dress to be part of this thing?" And he was like, "No, no, sorry, they can't." Well, is is Hugh saying that the CBA prevents these extra sessions, said, or, is, or is Hugh trying to pump the brakes on the workload? He's trying to pump the brakes on. He, he's afraid that if guys dress, they're going to try and get involved in practice. I think, or, or the assistants are going to be tempted to try and make them do drills. And if they get hurt again, it's going to set them back. Okay, but but the dynamics of this show are fantastic because this is a league that never lets you in. Like this league is is so big on not allowing you to know what's going on, what's being said to players. And all of a sudden, these cameras drop in. And I, I think you're right, because they're hidden and the mics are too. All of a sudden, you go from being, I wonder what that's like, to complete access. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's a great show. Yeah, I, I love it. The Well, on one hand, the NFL, the coaches and the players don't let you in because everything is strategic. And, and I understand that it's not like in baseball where, well... I know exactly what pitches this guy throws. Everybody sees his pitches, and I just have to try and hit him. There's really no... You're not trying to hide strategy, really. You can see where people are shifting. In the NFL, there's a lot of, okay, we're game planning, and then we might unveil a look that the other team... But the NFL does do a great job of documenting things with NFL films going back to the 1960s, right? I mean, if you watch just over the Hall of Fame weekend, I watched a lot of NFL Network, and I watched a lot of the prepackaged things, the way that the NFL, whether it's Hard Knocks or just any weekly NFL film show that you see going back for decades, right. 
the way they're able to portray their players and portray their sport and brand and put it on this cinematic level almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is really something that other leagues should take note of. The NBA is second best. The NBA is starting to do a lot of that stuff now too. And HBO with Bill Simmons ran a fallout from the like a documentary of the NBA Finals. Yep. But they, but to make it cinematic is something that really lures people in. It's intriguing. I mean, the Browns are not an intriguing franchise other than like, how can you be this bad? Be that bad, right? And and I'm fixated on. this Did you show. see the part though? The, I think the one the one glimpse that I saw that that I've always thought, and this confirmed it to a certain degree that that was so intriguing. When Hugh Jackson, his brother died before camp, his mom died as camp started, and he's talking to his assistant coaches on the day she died. And he tells the, the assistants in the room, my mom died. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Hugh. This is so sad. And he's like, yeah, it's just tough. I'm fighting through it. And he's talking about it. And honest to God, he gets done. And the next sentence is something along the lines of, is that zone coverage? Because he's watching film. Like, he's like, my mom died. Dude. She's dead. And is that zone coverage? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, this is where I've always said, especially football people intrigue me so much because they put their lives on hold. And I always tried to explain to Don when, when I was on, on the beat, I said, the one thing you have to understand about these people, they don't take holidays. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Thanksgiving, they don't really give a damn. Christmas, they don't care at all. They don't, but but for him to go from mom died, it's really sad, it's too bad, is that man or zone? Dude, that's, yeah. That, but that's it. That's, I know. You get in and it's a dream job, and then it sort of consumes you. You you very rarely see healthy and fit NFL head coaches. Yeah, we've talked about this, and, so, and that's baseball why. is the same way because it's such a daily grind, and there's always food spreads available. There is a picture of in in as you walk to the new me- media room at TCL. There's a bunch of pictures Vikings history, including the day that Zimmer was named head coach. Go into that and look at that picture. The man, the How man, much slimmer he is. He's slimmer, and I swear to God, he looks ten years younger. That's 2014. Yeah, ten to fifteen years. He looks, he looks vibrant. He looks happy. He looks young. Look at him now. He looks like a guy who is stressed 24 seven. I don't think he would trade it. I don't either. I don't think that. That's the weird thing. I don't think that these guys would. Yeah. David Backus is going to join the show in about 20 minutes from now. He's got a big event coming up. In two or three weeks here, uh, first annual or first time he's putting this event on. So we'll talk to him, catch up with him. Our guy, golf guy from Boulder Point, is going to join to preview Tiger Woods dominating the PGA Championship and playing possum this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Dan Hayes on Twins, Crafty Rogues, Matthew Collar. When we come back, let's keep the Hard Knocks thing going here. If the Vikings were featured on Hard Knocks, or if you could go back and retroactively document a Vikings training camp, with Hard Knocks production, like okay, we get we're gonna we're gonna go into a DeLorean here. We're gonna get our flux capacitor with Marty McFly, and we're gonna go back to a training camp. What are things that we want to know either in the present or in the past through the Hard Knocks lens when it comes to the Vikings? Let's first talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. For my money and my family's, anyways, it's Luther Brookdale Toyota, six ninety four on Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, you really notice it the minute you pull in to the now, I want to say, six-year-old new facility. You go in, and it is state-of-the-art, 30 workstations, the Luther Lounge with cable TV 
in six different workstations and two massive 70 inch flat screen TVs for comfort. If you're waiting for paperwork, whatever it may be, it's all about peace of mind and comfort and expertise. You'll notice when you pull into the garage, whether it's for an oil change or something more significant, you open your door and there's somebody with a big smile ready to help you and uh, take care of your needs. You know, I'm not oblivious to the fact that there are dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of dealerships and or service departments and service stations in the Twin Cities. I haven't even thought of for my whole driving life going anywhere else. That's what you get at Luther Brookdale Toyota 6. No interest and totally false. Tweet that. <laughs> I love the pause. He's so aggressive. He can't help himself either, man. He can't just be like, you know what, you know, uh, you know, Richie's uh, had a good career, but I think we're good with the guys we have. It's got to be double barrel middle fingers. No interest and totally false. Tweet that. I hope we never. The defiance there is fantastic. Yeah, I hope we never, as fans and media, I hope we never try and tame him. I hope, I hope he doesn't. Oh, he can't be. Well, I hope, I hope that he doesn't step too far at some point, too far in air quotes, and then gets hammered for it and then goes into a shell. Because that does happen. We want more. We want more honesty. We want, we want, uh, you know, less cookie cutter when it comes to our interactions with athletes. But then as soon as someone steps outside that box, we hammer them. He's done that, though, and, and he's what now, 62 or so? He's not He's not going back. If if Rick Spielman hasn't gotten to him by now, uh, and, and he's, what, five years into the job, it's not happening. No, he just, and I think the more you try and push back, the more he does, too, yeah. which is fantastic. All right, who who did it better? Dave found... The Bruce Boudreaux locker room speech. This is from his Capitals days, right? We got the Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. And this is from, from the HBO show that, that was like hard knocks to lead up to the Winter Classic, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. Who fired up the troops more? Right. Or who, who had the more in- – if you were sitting in the room, hockey player or football player, who did it better? Look it. I have never seen a bunch of guys look so f- down – when something bad happens. What are you guys, like prima donna perfect that if you can't f- handle adversity? So it's not going right. It's not f- working the last 10 days. F- can get your heads out of your ass and f- make it work by outworking the opposition. <laughs> you kill two f- men and then we stand around and, and watch it and, while they, they f- score here. F- you come to the bench like f- this and one of the power play it's not working so you're trying to stick handle you're looking like this and not standing outwork the f- guys if you want it don't just think you want it go out and f- want it but you're not looking like you want it you look like you're feeling sorry for yourself <laughs> and nobody f- wants anybody that's feeling sorry for themselves you got 20 f- minutes you're down by one f- shot surely the f- we can deal with this come on boys come on boys let's go <laughs> All right. Now that's also that speech is meant to fire you up immediately for the next thirty minutes, right? Yes. Because it's a twenty minute period, probably thirty minutes of real time. Yes. All right. This is this is a short term fire I'm lighting under you, and that's the entire thing, correct? Cause yes. Because I'm keeping score here. Yep. Yeah. All right. This is Jarvis Landry, and this is more a big picture, thirty thousand foot. Why have you not won a football game in twenty months? Okay. I. I played for the Dolphins, and they weren't very good either, but we had better habits than you idiots did. I don't know what the f*** is on here, and I don't know why it's been going on here, but this, if you're not hurt, 
Like, if your hamstring ain't falling off the bone, your leg ain't broke, I don't know, like, you should be practicing. Like, straight up. Like, that is weakness, and that is contagious as And that ain't gonna be in this room, bruh. That been here in the past, and that's why the past has been like it is, bruh. That is over with here, bruh. If you can practice, practice. You can't get no better. Ain't nobody gonna get better by being on the sideline if you ain't hurt. If you're not hurt, you gotta practice. Because you make other work even harder. Now they had more risk of getting hurt because you don't want practice. Because you're being a Yes. All right. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, keeping score. Light those idiots up. They haven't won a game since, what, oh. December of 2016? Long time. Keeping, idiots. Keeping score, Boudreaux in its entirety, one S-bomb, 15 F-bombs. Also an A if you want to count that. Yes, thank you. Jarvis Landry, and I kept score of this last night for the entirety of his speech, 25 F-bombs, but just in the part that you played, David, uh, he had... 14 F-bombs, 5 S-bombs. Okay. Now, hold on. I counted 13 Fs and 1 MF. Oh, I counted MF as the same thing. I think so. that's a diff. That's okay. totally different. All right. All right. Uh, Phil, maybe you can be the judge. I think MF is different than just the F. It's a turbo version. Yeah. It's a turbo version. <laughs> You're really yeah. cranking it's, it up. It's deluxe. It's like, it's like when you, you go to the car wash and you got the three or four different categories. It's definitely a deluxe. Yeah, you're getting the wax coating. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Very fair. The five S's and then the B at the end, too, if you want to add that on. Yeah. That's like, that's the B is sort of like the air freshener you get after you're done with the car wash. (laughs) It's the pine tree scent. Yeah. What scent do you want? I'll take the B scent, please. Yeah. Sorry, what? Huh? (laughs) Just give me the B scent. If, um, oh. So if, if you could have HBO either document the Vikings right now for this season, yeah. Or if you could. Go back in retrospect and have HBO with its Hard Knocks production crew document any season, let's say, well, ever. I would say in the last 20 years, but what would you most want to know about? Like sp- season and then like what storyline or thing uh, that you're sort of unclear about and you'd love to have more clarity because HBO oh, would just have cameras in every room. To me, it's pretty simple. Training camp, period. Uh, to me, it's pretty simple. It would either be, if I would narrow it down to 2009 or 10 with Favre. And I would take 2010. And Favre wouldn't, because Favre, Favre wouldn't, be, wouldn't be part of the at least that, the first few episodes, right? And yeah, so he wouldn't. But they'd be, be talking about the quarterback constantly. situation and the turmoil that that embroiled this team in 2010, and the fact that Favre in 2010 said, "No, I'm really done this time." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, we got to get a plan to get guys to Hattiesburg to fly down there, and and to see to see the attempted lie of saying that." Uh, Jared and Ryan and uh, and Hutch were were working on specialty gimmicks in the indoor practice facility while the rest of the team was practicing outdoors. I think because of the amount of of angst it caused, and because of just all the weird stuff. Plus, 2010, you, you get uh, Rice Rice showed up hurt and was put on the pup, which made them really mad. Percy disappeared for a large portion of that camp. The amount of things that you would find out about how they really unfolded in 2010, to me, it's an easy choice. Don't forget, you'd also get to see the conversation, because you'd have to have the camera on the plane to Hattiesburg. Yeah. The one where reportedly they all show up at Favre's house. He says, hey, boys, and then just disappears and goes to sleep. Yeah. Love and they're it. just sitting around. What happened to Brett? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he went to bed. <laughs> Taking a nap. We have that. 
I, I know I had that interview saved on my computer. That Steve Hutchinson joined us like it was probably four years ago now, mm-hmm. and just sort of casually told that anecdote. Yeah, we were uh, oh, we were all in his living room and. He just disappeared. Deanna said he went to sleep. He went to take a nap. <laughs> I guess. In case there was any question about whether he was really interested in coming back for the 2010 season, that was a I very think that tells you. Synopsis of yeah. the 2010 I'm, season. I'm going to go sleep on it. Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm done <laughs> yeah. basically for talking to you guys. It would also be fun to go back pre 1998 season and the conversations in training camp as they're learning how good Randy Moss is mm-hmm. and the dynamic between Brian Billick and Chris Carter and. I guess Brad Johnson would have been the man in that training camp, but just to hear all the thoughts on what they thought they had going into 1998, and have that have all those conversations be documented. Like, did they did they think, whoa, this is this is like best offense in the history of the NFL stuff we're talking about, or was it okay? We have a chance to be pretty good. I'd love to hear those conversations. Yeah, the Moss stuff would, would be great, and John Randall would be amazing. Yep, in that right. era on Hard Knocks. You're right. Superstar Mike Morris would be, would have been amazing on that show in 1998, right? I'd love to see the first few camp pr- practices though, where Moss gets out there and they they go from being like, "Oh, he's good," to, "Oh my, oh, oh my crazy. God, he's he's otherworldly." Basically, mm-hmm. now here's the problem with Hard Knocks and our Vikings. I found that this this morning in 2013, owners passed a resolution that teams could have could avoid mandatory inclusion on this show if they fall under any one of these three exemptions. The team has a first-year head coach in place, so the, the Vikings are, are fine there to be on the show. Two, though, the team has a playoff berth in the past two years. And three, the team has appeared on the show in the past ten years. Wait, so, if so you, the if second you, one would be... If you had be, a playoff berth, so they don't document playoff teams. They don't doc Exactly. Unless they unless the playoff team says we're, we're willing to do it. Interesting. Okay. So do, the Vikings, do they have a reason for why? Just strategic advantage or something? I so. I don't know. But they came up with this thing in, in like I said, 2013. But or is that, just, is that just a blanket rule so that the Patriots never have to be on hard knocks? It might be. Maybe there's just it not enough be. drama right. with a playoff team. Yeah, you figure the roster's probably more intact. Fewer questions. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But I think, I think Phil might be onto something there. I could easily see Belichick saying, I'll never do it. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it. And they just said, all I right, well, you're, yeah, you're probably right. So we'll just. That's a good one. We'll create a, a Patriots rule of some kind. Yeah, I mean, following around the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Pittsburgh has a. There's some drama there all the time with like skill position players holding out. Who's a team that's been to the playoffs besides the Patriots the last few years? Um, I mean, there's so much turnover. Like the Eagles. Like the Eagles wouldn't be that much fun to follow. Yeah, pro- like well, their, their roster is set. You Jason Kelsey a little bit, maybe, but yeah. he can only go so far. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I, you're right, though. I would be interested in following the Packers, actually. And maybe some tension between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers and That's everyone. a possibility. Really? <laughs> yeah, con- considering his rant that, that he had yesterday about his uh, re- receivers, which was great until Jarvis came along last night and blew Aaron out of the water. Exactly. What about the Mike Tice era Vikings for Hard Knocks? Oh, it would, it would have been it would have been fantastic. It could have been a regular show. So Tice and oh, Moss. Oh, Ticey would have been so good. Yeah, and he would have been a star. Oh, and he would have absolutely embraced it. Would he have risen to Rex Ryan levels of stardom? Oh, like, sure. Like, like Mike, would yes. Mike Tice have yes. maybe landed an extra head coaching job because of, oh, everyone knows who he is? Mike Tice would have, would have, I think, been paid millions of dollars to be an analyst after he got done coaching if, if those Vikings teams had been on hard knocks. Yeah. Yes. Ticey would have been fabulous. His walk around, around the field as he talked to uh, 
reporters post-practice, he'd take a walk because he'd be like, that's my exercise. Pretty good, huh? What do you mean? I'm getting some exercise. Power walking? He'd or be just... power walking, and the reporters would have to keep up with him. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Cameras, too, or just writers? It was just writers. Okay. Just beat guys, I think. But you would like be, you, so you would have, have your recorder, and you would be sort of jogging because Tice was, was walking around the entire field post-practice. Just oh, it was huffing hilarious. and puffing and puffing, huh? And then he'd get mad after <laughs> would, practices. Would Royce try to keep up? No, it was just like, see, at the time it was Pelissero, I think, Seifert, like Mark Craig, okay. the Pioneer Press well, guy. Like fairly fit guys. Yeah, but it was still great. And Tice, after practice, would, would be great because he, he'd get mad, and he'd go to talk to us, and he would take his gum out and just like hurl it across the mad field. Mad at you guys or no, mad no, at the no, team? At at the team. Okay. And then he was always proud of how many plays that the team had run in, in that practice. So, like, the first thing he would say is, we ran 87 plays in an hour practice. That's pretty good. Oh, he was, yeah, he would have been great. Your Tice impression is a little bit like your Laudner impression, actually. They kind of they kind of blend in together. Oh, probably. Yeah, I could see <laughs> uh, that. Uh, David Backus will join us when we come back. Later on, we'll catch up with Dan Hayes on Twins, the Crafty Rogues, Matthew Collar on Vikings, Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You've had some bad ideas. That's the worst one. <laughs> Trist and totally false. Tweet that. Tweet that. Tweet that. Uh, we're hoping to catch up with David Backus here. This segment, or at least before the top of the hour. Dan Hayes on Twins 11:30. Crafty Rogues. Matthew Collar. Um, if okay, if Richie Incognito. Let, let me ask it this way: If yes. there wasn't that incident of him thinking he was being followed around by like government spies a couple months ago, if it was just oh, it's Richie Incognito and he's he's just got a really edgy personality and he flies off the handle sometimes. Yep. And he's in his mid 30s, but still an effective offensive lineman, free agent. If if the thing from the spring didn't happen, mm-hmm. would you be open to this? Because I think I, I actually think I would be. Okay, so here's my question back to you: uh, If he if you didn't think he was completely crazy, and you thought, yeah, he's a football player, crazy, do you think that that the Vikings have a strong enough infrastructure in their locker room to handle him? Because I do. That, because that becomes the question then. I I do. With a player like that, that becomes the question. And you and Collar are definitely around that team. On a regular basis, I'm not, but I think just kind of observing and talking to people who are, I would say, I would say yes. I would agree with that. Um, all right, he is a 12 year NHL vet, 206 career goals, born and raised here in Minnesota. David Backus, what's going on, man? Uh, just living the family life this summer in beautiful Minnesota. Awesome. Nice, uh, let, let, nice. let, let we let's talk about your event here first and your organization, Athletes for Animals, and the first ever summer wine soiree that you're helping organize here in, in a couple weeks. Several notable NHL players, uh, Zach Parisi, TJ Oshie is going to be there. So tell us about the event and, and tell the audience about Athletes for Animals. Yeah, it's our first event we're doing in Minnesota after uh, being based out of St. Louis most of my career and then doing uh, a few things in Boston. So it's called Minnesota Meritage, where we're going to have a wine tasting, heavy hors d'oeuvres, adoptable animals, some great musical entertainment, and like you said, uh, quite a few prominent NHL players from the area and, and from the wild that are going to be there to uh, schmooze with and say hi and have just a great night together. Why did this cause, David? Well, it started actually when we were in Mankato, my wife and I, and we wanted to have uh, an animal in our apartment, and it wasn't a very responsible 
idea to acquire one permanently. So we started volunteering at the animal shelter in uh, Mankato, and it just grew into uh, something we love to do, love to do together. And now we're uh, trying to do it on a grand scale and really have an impact on homeless animals in uh, in the country. Yeah. What What's your history with animals? Like how many have I owned? Yeah, like are you? Yeah, like dog guy, cat guy. Like what? What? How far back do you go with uh, with pets and animals? Grew up dog guy. Certainly, uh, we had just a one adopted dog when I was growing up. And uh, since you're inundated with the uh, animal rescue, you, the cats start to grow on you. And we we now have <laughs> two cats. We were. We're at two cats, four dogs before we started having uh, two-legged children. Now we're at two dogs, <laughs> two cats, two children. So we're we're at a good number right now. See the next step. I'll admit this. The guys on the show know this. The next step is uh, once you start with the cats or the dogs, starting Instagram accounts for them. Uh, we may or may not have Tommy and Tigger on Instagram right now, and I will uh, shamefully Even my dog admit is that. Not. Yeah. Are you? Have you gone the Instagram route yet? We have not. Well. I have not. I think they've made quite a few appearances and some some photos for the organization and, and posed for some family photos. Certainly, we've we've done many a photo shoot with our animals, and uh, that's kind of our sickness. We haven't gotten uh, publishing of uh, any of those photos yet, but yeah. they're numerous around the house. Uh, David Backus is with us here on Mackie and Judd. Did you uh, do you happen to watch Hard Knocks, the NFL's uh, Hard Knocks special on HBO ever? I've seen it. I think maybe the Kansas City Chiefs was the last one I watched, and quite a quite a cool insight. Actually, maybe the Rams had it too. Or yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think the thing that grabbed me was they made the poor weight coach go into the uh, go get each guy to tell him to go see coach so he could go be cut. And I thought that was kind of ruthless on the weight coach. Yeah. Well, okay. This so we were just we spent the first half hour. There was a clip that came out. Jarvis Landry, who wide receiver for the for the Dolphins for four years. And now he's with the Browns, who haven't won a game in like two years. And there's a clip that's all over the internet of him just lighting up the wide receiver meeting room, basically saying, "I don't know what the hell this was like before I got here. I don't know. I don't know what y'all have been doing to not win a game in 20 months. But you know, this is this is how we're gonna do it. Uh, if you're if you're not hurt, you practice your ass off. Blah blah blah. What's the best? What's either the most you've ever seen someone light up an NHL room? and or the best locker room speech from a player or a coach that you can recall? Well, I'll preface it with I think it's a noble gesture because that's, that's not easy to do in a room full of your peers to step up and kind of say, well, what the hell you guys been doing? Let's, let's change the culture here and let's actually you know, get together and try to accomplish something rather than being the laughing stock of the league. Um, I think for me the, the culture change has to be a slower and something that everyone gets together to say, we want to do something great here, or we want to collect paychecks and go home at the end of the day and not worry about it. And I've had been fortunate to be on a lot of really good teams. Um, I think there's there's been a few times in my career, early in, in my St. Louis tenure, uh, we were kind of that last place team. When you're in the lottery for the first overall pick, you, you haven't won very many games, and um, there's been a few times where you had veterans like Keith Kachuk step up and say, "This this is not acceptable. This is kind of, you know, embarrassing to to me as a professional and to us as an organization. And we got to change stuff." And I think that was part of as a captain, I was 
I was a little bit more of an in-your-face kind of guy, and in practice um, was kind of how I addressed some of that when when guys were not giving their all or um, not buying into the team first mentality. There's uh, a little bit more confrontation, and and rather than with words where you know they can they can be maybe cutting skin deep, but if you can you can confront a guy and and say hey either you're with us or you're getting out of here or there's going to be some uh, physical pain to pay. Uh, that was a little bit more of my style to to address some of those situations. Yes. So what what's the most drastic thing that that you did during your time as captain of of the Blues to try and either wake up the group or an individual? Uh, I went after Vladimir Tarasenko one day in, in practice, and I think the the media was like, "What's this guy doing? He's the captain. He's going after our leading scorer, a guy that gets forty goals a year." And um, you know, Vladdy was a guy that has all the tools and is is a top notch talent. And I think uh, whether he'll admit it or not, I think eventually he will. That was kind of a growing point in his career where he had to realize it wasn't about him; it was about what we needed as a team to be successful. And um, I think he's been a, a improved player and started to realize after that point that um, you know he can score forty goals a year, but that's not rewarding. Uh, as when you get to the conference finals or you're competing for a Stanley Cup. And I think seeing his countrymen win the Cup this year is only going to make him more, you know, incentivized. And, and to see what Ovechkin did this year, I think he finally put his team first over his individual accolades and it won him a Cup. And now he's parading the thing around. And I think his individual, you know, recognition and probably solidified his Hall of Fame, you know, yeah. first ballot. Uh, selection with that sort of mentality that he had. So I think that that sort of thing for creating culture, uh, I'll certainly have to watch that hard knock so because I, I love those team building. That's my favorite part of the game is to get 30, you know, 25, 30 guys on the same page to sacrifice what could maybe benefit them personally in the short term for what can be best for the team and who can do that more on, on which side of the red line. So does going after Tarasenko mean he got slammed against the wall by you, that he took a punch? What what <laughs> What is the farthest that you that you could push us something to try and invigorate a teammate to know how serious that, that you were about something, David? Oh, no, the, the gloves were off. It was just, uh, you know, enough guys in between us where there wasn't great contact made. But, but the message was sent, and um, in the heat of the moment, a few things are, are said, and you go back to – competing your butt off the rest of practice and um you know it's another one of those things where the rest of the day you probably don't talk to the guy but the next day you want to you know see him at breakfast and say hey you know what i appreciate you and your skills and your abilities and you're a big part of this team but we need you to be dialed in and and doing all these things because you're capable of winning us games all by yourself and we need that sort of effort every night and i think when that approach is taken um it's certainly very effective. I feel like some of our Minnesota sports teams could, cause especially with veterans being traded from the Twins, and the Vikings seem to have a, have a handle on it, but uh, could use maybe a, a leadership lesson or two. So when you, because leadership is such a it's such a vague term, and it, it's a word that gets thrown around all the time. In your experience in in sports locker rooms and just in organizations, what are the qualities that make up a great leader compared to just maybe a a fake leader who stands up and is is gregarious with the media. Like what what what's a true great leader behind the scenes in sports? I think it's inclusiveness, and I think in today's, especially the NHL, which I have intimate knowledge of, um, it's a lot less of one guy carrying that torch, and a lot more of 
a leadership group of, you know, two or three, maybe four guys that are on the same page that communicate like crazy, and then that are not only giving lip service to the group of what we need to do, but are the first guys on the page saying, okay, it's a time where maybe there's an easy goal to be had, or I got to either block the shot or, you know, let one go by, but every single one of those things is either building culture up or tearing it down, and those guys need to be the first guys that are uh, displaying those sorts of attributes. I'm a big captain guy, and I, I get told by fans, oh, it's no big deal, it's just a, it's just a title, you, you shouldn't be concerned about it. And there, there have been times, especially with the uh, local pro team here, that there have, I've thought to myself, a captain change might be a good thing. How important in the room when the doors are closed is that person, David? He's vitally important. I think um, for me, when when things are really... It's like the the general in the army when the you know when the bombs are being thrown and there's explosions going off all the time. You know who do we look to? And, and the guy with the C on his chest is most often who you're looking to because he's been appointed the leader of the guys and he's in the battle with you. And so if if he can keep his head calm and and continue on to you know play the right way and do the right things, he's going to really set a great example for everybody. And if the opposite is true, then Everyone's off the page, and who knows, you know, now you're looking to guy two, three, four, or everyone's going in their own direction, and, and nobody's organized to try to accomplish that goal together. Yeah. David Backus, hey, tell our audience one more time. you got the event coming up later this month, Athletes for Animals. Uh, how can people find out more information? Uh, on our website, athletesforanimals.org, Twitter, A4A underscore org, um, Minnesota Meritage. Again, great Wine tasting, heavy hors d'oeuvres, uh, you know, locals like Zach Parisi, Nate Prosser, Chris Porter, um, Jason Zucker, and then guys that don't play for the wild but are prominent players, Stanley Cup winner TJ Oshie, uh, myself, Ryan McDonough, Drew Stafford are going to be there. So a great mix of guys that, uh, you know, have some wine, have some heavy hors d'oeuvres, adoptable dogs, raise some money for a great cause. Right on. Awesome. Hey, great catching up, and uh, have a good time at the event. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Thank you for your time. I'll be sure to tune into Hard Knocks and, and catch up on this speech. Yes, you're going to love it. Lots Absolutely. of F-bombs, David. Yes. All right, see you, man. David Backus, uh, 12-year NHL vet. We had great. him on at the Jack Jablonski event last year, too. And that was great stuff. He's, he's an awesome dude. Good in the room. Let's come back here. We still have, uh, actually, we're going to do prop bets at the top of the hour, too. Max just submitted the uh, weekly prop bets to us, Minnesota Sports Over-Unders and Prop Bets. And then we'll get uh, Dan Hayes on the show to talk some twins in less than two hours. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. This is it, your final chance to win a trip for four to Craigins, 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge is back for the final major of the year. It is the PGA Championship. Select your nine players from the featured groups that you think will combine for the lowest score, then sit back and watch the field unfold. You have until 6.55 a.m. Thursday, August 9th to make your selections. Head to 1500ASPN.com to sign up and play. All right. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. 651-646-8255. You and I were just talking during the break. We 
kind of un- unprompted. We got into a 10-minute conversation about leadership and some behind-the-scenes stories there from David Backus. And he was pretty open about, he mentioned, uh, was it Tarasenko that, he, that yeah. he took aside one day in practice and they were about to throw down and their most talented teammates. player. Yeah. He's, and Backus is regarded as a great room leader and yes. a great, and he, and, he, and he backs it up to, no pun intended, by scoring 20, 30 goals. I mean, he's slowed down a little bit productivity-wise because he's 34, 35 years old now. But but the three things he mentioned, okay, what what makes a great leader in sports behind the scenes? He said inclusiveness, mm-hmm. a leadership group, so cultivating a group of leaders as opposed to one guy carrying the torch and I'm going to be the leader and mm-hmm. y'all hop on my back, which is kind of sometimes LeBron can get a little bit like that where it's like I'm going to be the guy um, and then building a culture up together and – I don't know. I heard those things, and I thought, sometimes the Wild feel opposite of all those, don't that, they? That might be why I broached the question about <laughs> the Wild's uh, current captain, and and I don't buy that it's not important. Because that's a group of people who have looked who have looked to people their, and players their entire career. And so, Bacchus's point is, you empower people, but you still, you still maintain a control as well. Yeah. Which is a really good point. It does feel like the Vikings have a really good, to answer your question from before, can you take a Richie Incognito and put him into a 53-man locker room, or fi- I guess there'd be 52 other dudes if, if Richie Incognito were on the team, and uh, and is that culture and leadership group good enough to absorb a potentially rotten apple? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer was no with the Dolphins and Joe Philbin four or five years ago. And with the Vikings for a long time, it was no. Yeah, but with long time. but with Zimmer and with guys like Diggs and Thielen, and you've got all these veterans on defense, the Brian Robisons in the locker room, and the Terrence Newmans, I think the answer would be yes. 651-646-8255. Randy in Cottage Grove. What's going on, hey. man? Oh, hey, guys. Uh, well, first off, uh, I got a bit of a... Bit of a bone to pick with you guys this morning. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, well, you know I like Zim. Okay, I love Zim. Zim is a guy who I go to the I'll go I'll go to the mat with Zim. Okay, I'll go I'll go. When Zim says go, I'll go. Okay, I'm a I'm a Zim guy, but I I think this is a smokescreen. Okay, I hope so because we need Richie Incognito. Okay, he's a tough customer. Okay, we need more guys like that. He's a player. He's a tough. Customer, he's a mean sob. Okay, and that's what you want in football. You want you want guys who got a little got a little mean streak. Okay, guys who are gonna kind of they're, they're gonna draw. Okay, they may even draw jack you a little bit. And those are the kind of guys who you want on your roster. Okay, so Zim, I hope you're listening, and I hope that was a smokescreen, as they say, because we need guys like Richie. We need he's a big time player. He's a tough customer. He's got tattoos. Okay, this is a guy. He does have tattoos. What? Yeah. Randy, you know tattoos. you know that Richie Incognito thought that the government was spying on him a few months ago, right? Like that he he spent three days, I believe, in a mental hospital. So what? I mean, that that does that have anything to do with whether or not when the when the whistle blows? Okay, and here we go, and and someone's going to snap the rock. Okay, he can get up, he can get out of that stance quick, and he's going to push. Okay, he's just a big time guy who can move the sled, as they say, and we need more guys like that. So if it ain't Richie, it better be someone, because I'll tell you what right now, that's the one weakness on this team, is that offensive line. And Judd, I know you're worried about it. I'm worried about it. It keeps me up at night, okay? And I don't want to fall short. I don't want us falling short of the glory, okay, of the championship. 
because we didn't go out and make a big-time brass balls move like getting a guy like Incognito. So we're going to do it. It's time to do it. It could be him. It could be someone else. Make it everybody. But it's time to fortify the line. So it's the only weekend left. What? What happened at the end there? What did he call him? I think he got pulled over. What did he call him? At the end there. It wasn't I, I heard incognito. I, I misspeak. I forgive him for hey, that. Okay. He's got tattoos, okay? That incognito, incognito, he has ink, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somehow. As, I, as they say. I think Richie and Randy would definitely identify if Richie came here. Like, I could see them yeah. going out for beers. I, I, I guess. End of the same health club. My vision of Randy has always been, until we saw him at the State Fair two years ago, my my vision of Randy was like, he probably looks like Richie Incognito, right? And, yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell because he had sunglasses on and it looked to be Zuba Vikings garb from head to toe. But the only thing as big as Richie. No, and he wasn't Not as a small up. guy, but. The only thing that I can recall was how quick he was. Because like I looked at him at one That's point, true. and then the next thing I know, I saw Zuba's the back of Zuba's just going down the uh, road there. The Good one feet. The one thing I will agree with Randy Cottage Grove there: you can't trust an offensive lineman without arm tattoos. If you don't have arm tattoos, I, how are you going to push a three hundred twenty pound defensive tackle out of the way? You're probably not going to. Just how ask, are you going to intimidate them? Ask Alex Boone. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> and look where that got him. It did. Is Arizona. he still in the Cardinals? I have no idea. I don't okay. think so. Hmm. Oh. Alrighty then. And tweet uh, that. Yes. Yes. Uh, Minnesota sports prop bets and over unders. And later on, Matthew Collar from Vikings Training Camp. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.